Hello friends! This week was in fact a week. I don't have a lot to report out on this week, but I do realize I forgot to include the links to the Venmo and the Patreon in the episode description. I don't mean to be deceitful, I'm just forgetful, but I want to give a big thank you to all who donated and an especially big shout out to my patrons on Patreon. Krista Umberfirth, Hannah Grierson, Grace Kent, Chandler Parrott Thomas, and Dante Tapo. If you want to be like these amazing folks and also receive lots of fun extras like exclusive episode art, bonus content, and the opportunity to guest on an episode, you can go to patreon.com slash thatdoitforyapod to join our horny little community. And if you don't feel like you can commit to being a monthly donor but still want to donate, you can catch my Venmo in the episode description, for real this time. As always, there is no pressure to donate. I do this because I love it, but in these wacky, jobless times, any little bit helps. If you want to catch the blooper reel from last week's episode and a special video of moms talking about what made them horny as young people, all you have to do is donate on Venmo or Patreon. Secondly, we love the new theme, and so do y'all, so a big thank you to Eric Solis who just did that, and it's such a gift, and it's staying. These next few episodes will hopefully be the last of the crunchy audio, as I finally bit the bullet and got a new microphone, so maybe we will begin seeing some improvements there, hopefully. My apologies for the crunch, and thank you all for understanding. I think that's it. I don't think I'm lying this time. So without further ado, I give you episode 8 of That Do It For Ya. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Get In My Pants with Eleanor Hobson. Do you want to rub on Simba's tummy? Or think that Spider-Man looks extra yummy? The pain of childhood is super funny. On Did That Do It For Ya? With Aurelia Grierson. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Do It For Ya? the remote version. So you may be dealing with uh, technical difficulties as we are dealing with technical difficulties, but we'll do our best. I am here with marketing and media manager of this podcast, Eleanor Hobson. Yeah. Eleanor, do you prefer Eleanor or Ellie? Eleanor is my professional name. So let's go with Eleanor. Eleanor Hobson. I like Eleanor. I don't like calling you Ellie. I think that it just depends on what I first introduced myself to you as. Yeah. Well, I, I heard about you from other people first. In general, people in the theater department where we went to college call me Eleanor. Yes. Because there was another, there was two, there was an Ellie and an Ella. Yeah, there were a lot of L names already. So I differentiated myself. So when I met you in person, then you were Eleanor to me. Wait, very hot that you met me through, or you heard about me through other people. I know, I was waiting for you to pick up on that. I was like, Eleanor will like this. <laughs> I had heard about you um, through a mutual friend of ours before I met you. Whomst? We can, we'll bleep this out, which I love making bleeps, so it's good. Uh, oh, that tracks. <laughs> it was a friend who you were um, involved with slightly, I think. Yeah, no, that's true for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, I guess we already talked about how we know each other. We went to the same university. Yeah, but I feel like we had, like, a more special friendship beginning than that. Well, do you want to know something funny? I may have already told you the story. Sure. So, because you were my TA in directing class. I basically taught you everything that I know about, everything that you know, everything that I know. You did teach me everything I know about the True Colors personality test. <laughs> because one day, <laughs> you got to teach the class, and you were like, we're taking personality tests. And I was like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> But don't you feel like you learned something about leadership that day? So much. And just like communication. Can I do a bonus episode that's my true colors? Yes. Oh my God. Let's do a bonus episode about true colors. Yes, please. I would love that so much. 
I'll just like do the lecture. Yeah, patrons of the pod, uh, you can, if you become a patron of the pod, you can gain access to Eleanor's lecture about true colors. Go to patreon.com slash that do it for you to check out Eleanor Hobson's guest lecture from Fundamentals of Directing on true colors and learn your true color. It's so fun. But that is not the funny story I wanted to tell you. The funny story I wanted to tell you was that me and another person in the class, we thought you were so hot. (laughs) And we like talked about it when you weren't there. And we'd just be like, Eleanor is like so cool and hot. And then one day you went to lunch with us and we were both (laughs) big idiots. (laughs) We like wouldn't stop giggling at everything that you said. Oh, really? I I was kind of like, is this like a fuck lunch? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Because <laughs> I was like, I think you guys want to fuck me, but like, I like lunch. <laughs> I mean, you weren't wrong, but I think that, I mean, it, it quickly I realized like, oh, this person and I are, are meant to be homies. Well, I've kept this a secret since, I don't know, just like a long time, <laughs> I guess. But I think about every time I listen to an episode of the podcast where you talk about how you knew somebody... Because I don't think that you know what, like, my first impression of you was. Because I didn't really realize. It was, like, sort of like a, I don't want to say repressed memory, but it was, like, I had, like, a few different versions of you in my mind. And I forgot that this one was technically the first one that I met. But, like, I don't think you remember. I'm, like, pretty much positive that we were in the same little like group in theater fundamentals no like first semester freshman and you were like so aloof and you basically were just like yeah like I'm like not supposed to be here because I like already like know things about theater college like because you transferred in and you were like oh like I have to take theater fundamentals but like I already like I don't need to be here and I think that you were dating somebody that was the TA for that class. I don't know what your thing with TAs is, but I like would see you flirting with that person and just be like, okay, like we get it. Like you think you're like too cool to be in this little group with us freshmen. And I was like, whatever, like I don't need you. And so that's my real first impression of you, but I forgot that about that. I like completely forgot who you were then for like the next like year or however long my jaw is on the floor I know and I've kept it a secret like until my episode of the pod I don't remember when I remembered it but I was like I'm gonna like do a big reveal during my episode but I don't I don't think that's an interesting story to anybody that would listen but I think that it would just be a fun moment for me to reveal it to you I (laughs) I'm obsessed with finding out how I'm perceived (laughs) Me as well, me as well. I think that you are spot on. I think I was very much like, I'm too good for this. Well, after, oh, look, I drank when I wasn't supposed to. That's okay. After I got to, like, know you and, like, your backstory, I was like, oh, like, that checks out. Like, I wouldn't want to hang out with us either or, like, be involved. But, yeah, I was definitely just kind of like, okay. I think it's more of, like, a jealousy thing because, like, I like to be aloof and, like, uninvolved, but... I didn't know what was happening, so I, like, couldn't be super cool. I had to be kind of, like, a nerd and, like, always showed up on time and stuff. Don't you hate when you have to be a nerd? I know. Well, those are my, sort of my two modes. I'm either, like, very aloof and sexy or just, like, such a tryhard. Well, speaking of people who are aloof and sexy and also sometimes tryhards in an aloof and sexy way, 
you want to talk about what we're who we're talking about today? Yeah, I do. Should I say who it is? Go for it. I had a big crush on Bridget from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yes. Specifically, Blake Lively playing Bridget, but also the character from the books. Did you read the books as well as watch the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I think that, see, what's weird is that I definitely read all the books, I think, like, from the library, but then I went to, like, a library book sale and got, like, the third one, and I would just, like, read it and read it and read it and read it over and over again. The third one's the best one because they fuck. Well, I guess Bridget's fucking the whole time. Bridget stays fucking. <laughs> well, is it the third or the second one? Because now I'm not sure. Whichever one is the one that Bridget gets depressed is ironically the one that I own. That's the second one. Is it? Yeah. I can't remember if she goes to Turkey. Okay. See, I should have reviewed. She goes to Turkey in the third one, I think. So random. Okay. You're right. You're right. So um, I had the second one. Yeah. The second one is the one where she gets depressed and dyes her hair. She's chubby and like dyes her hair brown and goes and lives with her grandmother secretly. Oh, yeah. I mean, she lives with, yeah, she doesn't tell her grandmother that she's her. Right. Oh, gosh. I don't remember the plot of that book at all. It's weird. And it's interesting. What was it about Bridget that that did it for you? Well, I should say that my, like, middle school life was very much, like, tight-knit group of girlfriends that were just, like, we have to spend, like, every second together. We have to know everything about each other. And we really liked that idea of like super uber close female friendship. And so we tried to like replicate the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Like we like bought a crop top from Forever 21 that said, wish you were here. And we would like, and we each paid for a little bit of it and like traded it around with each other. Um, Cause we were like, this is like our version of the pants. But then we each assigned like somebody in the friend group to each of the characters like based on our personalities and my personality didn't really match Bridget's when I was in middle school because she was like obviously sporty and athletic and stuff and that wasn't my vibe but I kind of got stuck with her as like you're the last one left and then it was some sort of like divine magic like the pants possess where um I just then embodied that like persona of being super confident and like kind of wild and also having really hard depressive crashes <laughs> <laughs> into my high school years and probably into college as well. But I think that the fucking, what is the author of The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? Also, do we cuss on this podcast? And brush airs. We, we cuss on this podcast. Okay, good. The author of the book just described Bridget as like, so charismatic everywhere she went everyone's head turned like guys couldn't she was just like a magnet to them and it wasn't even that she was like super beautiful she was just super hot and confident and I was like word like I think I could do that and I mean also just all this talk about her hair this long blonde hair she would just be like it's like golden sunlight like I don't it moved the way it moves around when she was dancing and when she was running and I was just like it was one of those things where like little me did not know that there was like a romantic or like sexual or anything like that feeling but I was just like obsessed like I was just like in 
I was like, yeah, I'm all in. Like, I want to be entranced by this hair. I want to have this hair. I want to entrance. I think that is so interesting because Hannah Berg brought up something in the Avatar episode that I feel like you're also hitting on, which is I think because of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not enforced heterosexuality. It's compulsory heterosexuality. Because of that, I think that young queer girls in their, in their blooming stages are not are not taught to recognize what a what a romantic or sexual feeling for a girl looks like and because like the messaging is so straight all the time because I know that for so many queer women that I know queer women and femmes it's that there was that feeling of I want to be this person I need to emulate them when in reality what's kind of lurking under that is a feeling of I want to be with them or someone like them and do you feel like that was the case for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just like this obsession that if the character was a boy, everybody would be like, oh yeah, like of course. But nobody recognized that or like told, I mean, I didn't recognize it, but also nobody recognized it in me that I was just like, huh, like isn't she so cool? I mean, I definitely, I was also a like tween or in middle school or whatever when the word girl crush or the term girl crush oh god <laughs> super super like popular and being used everywhere and I was just like love that like I'll take that and so I was just like I have such a girl crush on fucking Blake Lively and like or whatever it was I mean, I'm sure I had, I was spilling lots of girl crushes everywhere. <laughs> spilling uh, them. <laughs> Just can't keep them in the bucket. <laughs> I had kind of like the rough awakening one day that I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if girl crushes, I don't even know what that means, but I just had crush crushes. Yeah. It's, it's when you, that moment where you're like, oh no. I mean, I've heard, I've heard that and I refer to that as heterosect. I heard you coin that on the last episode and I'm really grateful that. Thank you. I know that like you identify as bi and you mentioned this tight-knit friend group of yours. How did that sort of influence your understanding of your sexuality? Like were they, were there any girl crushes in the, in the group? Yeah, I think that this crush on Blake Lively in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants was really young. I mean, I definitely like always had crushes on boys and stuff and was always like pretty boy crazy. But I think in this specific group of friends, like we had grown up together since we were tiny and didn't have any of that sort of relationship. But definitely like within a couple of years, like we sort of moved past the like we're a big group friend phase (laughs) and moved into like, okay, now we each have our like best, best, best friend. Um, And that's when I started to have those sort of relationships where it's like, I mean, I I don't want to like out. (laughs) <laughs> anybody but I definitely had like one friend in in late middle school like first couple of terms of high school that we're like inseparable I mean we would have like a sleepover on the weekend and just stay the night at each other's house for like four days and then our parents would make us like go to our own houses and we would just talk as much as we could blah 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 And then I like remember, I mean, this is so personal, but I'll just share it in case it's interesting. I like remember maybe being in like seventh grade or eighth grade and having a sleepover with this friend and she had like a bunk bed and her sister slept on the bottom and we were sleeping on the top and a bunk bed is like that small twin bed. And we would just like spoon when we were like (laughs) sleeping together and we'd be in like an 
like underwear and like maybe a t-shirt or like a tank top or something and I remember kind of just being like I like want to kiss like my friend and just being like <laughs> like weird like <laughs> like, so weird. like keep it to myself and just kind of being like haha like what a random thing to think because I mean I hadn't even like kissed boys or anything you know so I was just like hmm, random that I would think that <laughs> so funny girl crush huh <laughs> yeah basically and she we'd be like hanging out and stuff and she'd be like haha like if looking back obviously we'd be like haha like if we were gay like obviously we'd be dating (laughs) like how I think about like back to high school when I like was like a baby fader and I started like drinking stuff and I would like (laughs) be like at theater competitions and be like with my friends and we'd just be like crazy and we would I just be like oh my god wouldn't it be so funny if we made out right now like it would be so funny if we made out right now and that was how I got like most of my action when I was in high school, which is so sad to think about now. Yeah. But like, it's so funny just how you're so dismissive of it when when you're a child who's being told you have to like men. It's actually kind of sad that I'm like a little bit jealous that you got to have that experience mm. because I, I think that like my internalized homophobia was even like stronger than that because I think that what happened is like when we went to high school she started like I mean she kind of had like a rougher like family background and stuff so she started like partying and like drinking and hanging out with, with this other girl who I'm sure I was like super jealous of probably um but they would like do drugs and like started hooking up with guys or like would basically like make out with each other and stuff and I was like never there like I kind of stopped hanging out with them because I was like scared of it and was like what do you mean like why are you guys doing that like I'm sad and confused you know and I was like stop like be good (laughs) Um, yeah like I, I don't know and so she kind of like ended up coming out and stuff more than I did in high school, but also got way more into like drugs and kind of partying and stuff in like a harder way than I did. I think I like privately was dealing with my sexuality like a couple years after that, but didn't. And I don't even know if I have now like come to terms with it. It's so fucking hard, especially like being bi is such a weird thing. And I know we've talked about this a lot, but like every every damn day every every moment that I come out to someone it it kind of like feels like I'm taking a different risk depending on like where they fall on that Kinsey scale like with gay people I'm always worried that I'm going to be rejected and with straight people I'm worried I'm going to be sexualized Mm -hmm. and it feels like bi people can't win Mm -hmm. it just so feels like bi people can't win and I know that you have also kind of expressed similar feelings yeah well one of the things we didn't talk about when we were talking about like our first kind of friendship blossoming and stuff is like how I think that I kind of always told you just like I think when we were first starting to hang out and stuff I was like oh yeah like everyone wants to fuck me so it's like not (laughs) kind of like oh like how funny I like wanted to like hang out with you and stuff because I like thought you were so hot and I was like we uh I guess yes of course everybody (laughs) that like asks to hang out with me or like spend time with me I just kind of like assume that I mean I don't know I guess gay men are like sort of an interesting exception potentially Um, (laughs) you never fucked a gay man (laughs) I feel like you've come close (laughs) Um, (laughs) no but 
so I guess what I'm just saying is like I definitely feel that sensitivity around being like oh I'm like bisexual but I'm not just like a sex object totally I just feel like as a society we live in a society (laughs) I feel like (laughs) as one just we as a society have a hard time with anything that lives in a duality and obviously bisexuality is uh is very much living in a duality and god just people can't like handle things that are both to circle back to Bridget I was just about to circle back to Bridget because I feel like the exact like conflict that her character experiences is like what connects me to her so much and I never could have known like it's almost like did I make myself who I am because of what I saw I don't know but it's like Bridget's whole conflict is that she's like I can like get any guy I want like watch me do this and then she gets the guy that she wants to hook up with when she's really young if people haven't seen the sisterhood of the traveling pants she's 15 she goes to soccer camp and she basically like shows off all summer in front of this hot counselor that's like I don't know a freshman or a sophomore at Columbia and they have sex and she's like not ready for it and not ready for that kind of intimacy and it fucks her up yeah like it really really fucks her up and I feel like I didn't have that like it fucks her up thing with sex like or like losing my virginity in the same way at all but just kind of over the years definitely had that thing of being like oh fuck like maybe being like sexy and hot <laughs> isn't all there is to the isn't world. all there is do I sound so obnoxious I can't tell no not at all I love it <laughs> You said something that reminded me of Bridget. Yeah, when you were like, oh yeah, I just kind of assume everyone wants to fuck me. And Bridget, like, we watched the movie not too long ago. And I felt like, yeah, Bridget has that. But like, there's like also this like frantic need to get this guy to like her. And you told a story about... (laughs) I'm thinking of the scene in particular where they're running on the beach. And then you told a really funny story. Uh, basically I told Aurelia the story of how so in in this scene Bridget's kind of running in a big pack of girls on the beach and the coaches are you know kind of running at the front whatever and she shows off by running up to the front with him and she's like talking to him and totally flirting with him being like oh I'm Bridget like what's your name kind of thing and then he's like whoa like you're really fast I mean you're keeping up with me and she's like yeah like I could keep up with you watch me sort of thing and uh, (laughs) they run off together and it reminded me of this running club in fifth grade yeah so you get these little plastic feet shaped charms in exchange for running laps after lunchtime during recess and some of them were like sparkly and they were all different colors and stuff but they were kind of exciting in their own right. But the most exciting part of it was that the most popular boy in fifth grade, Colin, was super popular. All the girls had a crush on him. What a cutie he was. In fifth grade. And he was, I don't know, into running. How 10-year-old boys would just want to run, I guess. So he just like ran. And so obviously most of the girls didn't want to run 
because we were too preoccupied with like upholding we were too we're trying to like be pretty and cool or something trying to yes you were busy upholding patriarchal standards of women that are ultimately impossible to fulfill but damn it you were gonna try exactly well so there was like I mean there was kind of nerdier girls that actually just liked running and were like I want to run god imagine being that free I know I was like obviously my in here is to run with Colin and like I I kind of actually liked running and was pretty good at running and so I would just like purposely keep up with him while he was running and it was hard I mean he like ran really fast he did sports and stuff and I was like you have always and will always love a jock I was yeah and I was just trying to keep up and so I would run and run with him and he'd be like damn like you're pretty fast for a girl and (laughs) The funny, the funny part of the story is that years later, I found out that it was totally a thing where all the other girls would like sit at recess and talk shit about me, and be like, <sighs> oh, like she thinks she's so hot, like running with Colin, like big fucking deal. And ironically, Colin didn't date me. He didn't even have a crush on me. He dated the girl that I was talking about in the other story. The woman. <gasps> no the- way. Yeah, but I didn't even know her. She was like in another class, and then we ended up weirdly being like a bit of a love triangle honestly yeah wow well I think that that's how I knew about this story like years later she was like oh we used to talk shit about you because like <laughs> I was on Colin and I was like oh lol girls are so mean to each other I've created a whole theater career about girls being mean to each other oh I actually probably have stories I should tell you about like girls years later be telling me about how they were like mad at me which is weird because I I don't think I ever really did that I mean, I'm I'm mean to people all the time. <laughs> but I I weirdly didn't have the like obsessive kind of jealousy meanness. I don't think. I mean, I feel like if we're going off of your first impression of me story, I feel like your jealousy more is like pings, and then you're just kind of like, I'm gonna do me. <laughs> like that's how you that's how you deal with jealousy, which is so healthy. Like God, we all experience it, but like we can move the fuck I think on. I would just find it more like embarrassing to be obsessed with that person or like give that person attention. I'd rather be like, I'm too cool for that. That's wildly healthy of you. <laughs> Maybe good for you we're gonna have to wrap up in a moment I feel like I haven't talked about Bridget I feel like I've just talked about myself being like I don't know we use the characters as a gateway to talk about the real shit yeah the real reason that people tune in which is deeply personal stories I know (laughs) because we're all Nellies that just want to know what's going on in other people's lives. Before we wrap up, let's kind of go through the other girls in the in the sisterhood and we can talk about sort of some funny moments with them, what we think about them. Mm-hmm. Because I, if I was going to pick a girl for myself of the sisterhood, Tibby 500%, I just really love like a sad Burnett girl who's like angry at the world and like wants to make art. Like that's my type. That's like deeply on my type and it's funny I know yo you your type is like it's not surprising to me that you like Bridget because like again I've said it and I'll say it again you love you love a jock I love a hot jock (laughs) when I was watching the movie I was I couldn't help but like make fun of the conversations they were having they were just like "Mm, when you run you feel like you could run forever and then you were like that's not the point Aurelia all I hear during that conversation is "Mm, I want to fuck and I was like like, the thing about running Aurelia is like I'm gonna have a nice ass like I don't know what to tell you (laughs) 
I was missing the point. I was like looking for like the deep like intellectual talk, but they're just being like, mm, we're on a beach. I'm like, I'm just like horny for air. No way. I mean, listen, <laughs> aren't we all? The thing about Tibby is that in my little friend group, Tibby was the one that's like exactly like my like childhood best friend that I grew up with since mm-hmm. we were like teeny tiny. And I just, I feel like I could never like feel sexual attraction to her because she's just yes. like my sister yes and then we have Lena who is supposed to be like the really beautiful one and they cast Alexis Fladell who let's not pretend isn't be- well here's the thing oh gorgeous but also annoys the crap out of me I just I like I mean I think I'm kind of attracted to girls like myself in the way that I don't really like like shy kind of people it's a very gay thing to like people who are like yourself and then again I like circling back to this idea that like so many young queer women like don't realize they're queer because they're like oh no I just want to be that person and like gay men date themselves just because you know we don't need to say it I love that episode of Broad City where Alana hooks up with um Alicia Shawkat's character yeah. Oh, that's such a funny episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Lana doesn't do it for me, but Costas does, does it for me. Costas is fine as fuck. He has a little accent. But that's what's so hot about Costas. Like, it, he is the opposite of Lana because he's, like, very confident and he's very just, like, here, like, I'll show you how to catch a fish. Can you imagine if Bridget and Costas met? I mean, Bridget would destroy him, right? Yeah, he, like, needs someone, like, quiet and, like, who he can say things like, some people show off their beauty because they want the world to see it. You <laughs> hide your beauty because you want the world to see something else. So that's just the kind of guy that he is. And also, that white sweater that he's wearing in that scene Ugh. just sweater I think that when I was young like when I watched the movie when we were in middle school I was like Costas 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 like I was into it yeah sure I mean I liked Brian but again my type and then of course Carmen who just gets body shamed to high heaven in the movie I think that there's a lot of think pieces online about Carmen kind of getting the short end of the stick as far as character development, they're like, she's Latina, she's curvy, and she loves to write. <laughs> and then in the last book, she finds theater. She finds her voice. I love America Ferrera, And like, full disclosure, when we watched the movie the other night, I cried when she's like talking on the phone with her dad. And she's like, you fucking abandoned me. And I was like, mm, yes, America Ferrera, slay this scene. <laughs> But also, can we talk about how in, I don't know if this happens in the book, but in the movie, she's like supposed to be a stage manager or like an ASM or something. And then they're like, yeah. no, like, be in it. And she becomes an actress. I'm like, oh, no. Being an ASM or a stage manager is a perfectly valid thing to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, no, what happens is, is that she, in the book anyway, I haven't seen the, the movie in a while but in the book she is the stage manager or ASM or something and then her friend who's an actor like wants her help running lines and like getting ready for the audition or something and then she like goes to the audition to like help her and then ends up saying some lines and they're like oh shit you're like a natural at speaking Shakespeare text she's my boyfriend essentially and <laughs> that's like how it goes down but I agree with you I'm like dude being an ASM or an SM that's cool. The power of that. But very hot that she gets to have a little theater moment. Very hot that she gets to have a theater moment. I think the girl who she like takes the part from is like incredibly pissed. That would be me. I'd just be like, no, <laughs> I deserved it. <laughs> that would 500% be me. Did we, did we cover all of them? Yes. Wow. 
Okay. Well, Eleanor, where can people find you? Fuck, I just forgot my own Twitter handle. My Twitter <laughs> handle is Hobson Ellie. That's H-O-B-S-O-N-E-L-L-I. And my Instagram is reversed. It's Ellie Hobson. Ooh. E-L-L-I-H-O-B-S-O-N. I should fix that. I should make both of them Pistol Pack and Daddy now that I graduated from college. God, I loved Pistol Pack and Daddy. You can also see her brilliant work on That Do It For You at Instagram and Twitter. They run that shit. I was going to say, my, my biggest plug is definitely at That Do It For You on Instagram. Yes, on truly. Like, I have no business sense whatsoever, and I'm kind of a chaotic mess. And Ellie, oh my God, I just called you Ellie. What the fuck? <laughs> Eleanor. Oh fuck Eleanor really uh keeps this shit together and it's become a much more organized project there's a mistake on there it's really about me truly yes no I mean that because I like I just like do things when you're like wait stop no (laughs) okay but also like I don't do things because you're reading and and getting your master's yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) but Eleanor did that do it for you yeah did it for me too I'm gonna go finish this drink and make out with my boyfriend and think about Bridget. Hot. That's like the bisexual dream. Well, that did it for me. Hope that did it for you. Thank you so much for listening. That Do It For You podcast is created, hosted, and edited by Aurelia Gerson to the best of their abilities. The show is produced by Dante Tapo and Chandler Parrott-Thomas. Our marketing and media manager is Eleanor Hobson, and our visual design is by Market Chambers. You can follow the pod at That Do It For You on Twitter and Instagram, and join the Patreon at patreon.com slash that do it for you pod to join our horny little community. 